0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So, come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski.
1: Welcome once again to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. Started slow and got up high there, didn't I That was different. That's different. <laughs> Tom Dorian's here with me. Tom Dorian's like doing ready
0: to get on like a uh, ride at the fair or something. That's exactly
1: right. This is in a the- this is a four ticket attraction. There you go. We have in fact it is a four ticket attraction. We have a great show today. Fantastic. We're doing a wonderful show and we're going to be talking about the uh, concept of mission work. Excellent. In fact, I think I'll start with reading a little scripture.
0: Why don't you do that?
1: Yeah, uh, we remember the uh, the great commission at the end of the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28. Yes, sir. It says, and Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in Heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, to the close of the age. This is called the the Great Commission, because here's where He's sending the apostles out with His authority right. to make church, right. to spread the gospel. Now, a lot of people look at that Great Commission and they think, well. Okay, so what I'm supposed to do is go and with my Bible, and I'm supposed to tell people that Jesus loves them, and they need to make Jesus their personal Lord and Savior, and then I've done my job. I'm a, I'm a missionary
2: that's at that that's, point. A, that's a safe assumption. Yeah, it
1: seems pretty simple, but, you know, I think that this would also include this concept of, of being uh, a mission people would be a person that would also spread Christ's love, would it not? It would. That's right, because you're actually, there's more than to the gospel than just words. Right. Right. There's there's living the gospel. There's being an example of the gospel. There's basically the love that comes from the gospel. And when you express that love, you are being a missionary. Absolutely. Now, we have with us here in the Luxurious Corner booth a husband and wife team of missionaries who spend much of their time in a faraway place, Dr. Kathy Shanzer.
3: Thank you. It's good to be here.
1: And her husband and the humble assistant. Tom Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) Good to be here. Tom, how are you doing? Great. Thanks. Tom, you're a wonderful guy. I'm not trying to belittle you there. So, (laughs) Kathy, tell us a little bit about where, first of all, where do you go and what do you do?
3: We go to a village called Sarabu in Sierra Leone, West Africa. Now, we started our mission work in 1988, and that was in Nigeria, and then we bounced around to other African countries, um, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, and finally ended up in Sierra Leone. And initially, we were in a Methodist compound working when Archbishop Gonda, who was the Catholic Archbishop, asked us if we would go up to his home village, which is Sarabu. Now, remember, the country had just ended their their terrible civil war and the country was devastated so when we went there in 2005 the um the people in that village had not seen any health care provider for many many years 10 or 15 years
1: what kind of health care are we talking about here well that you guys are involved in.
3: i'm an ophthalmologist and so when we go there we do eye surgery whether it's cataract surgery remove tumors or lesions from their lids glaucoma surgery muscle surgery lid surgery all those sorts of things and when we went for our, our, our little pilot trip in 2005, they asked us to look at parts of their anatomy I hadn't seen since medical school. So <laughs> it was very challenging. So they don't
1: see, obviously, if they don't see a doctor and you yeah. show up, and to them, you're a doctor.
3: Exactly, exactly. And they wanted me to care for things that I, I, I had to dip way back in those cobwebs to help them with some of the things. And we gave away every medicine that we brought for ourselves as well all the antibiotics all the you know first aid kits everything just taking care of them as well as doing surgery at that time and then at, at that point i went back to archbishop ganda and i said i can't believe you want me to do this surgery here i mean there's no water there's no electricity and you know it was really tough but he challenged us if you have faith in god it will happen and so Tom, who is very good at making things happen, figured out that if we took all of our retirement money and built this building, and anyway, there's now an eye clinic in this village of Sarabu. Tom,
0: uh, so
1: give us an idea of what you were
3: thinking.
0: Well, we, we happily refer to it as divine economy, uh, and, and we have a little bit uh, different approach to our savings plan right now. Um, but in, in all seriousness, when, uh, when we got to the village and saw the devastation and 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 the opportunity. Um, you know, we just we just fell in love with the people and, and we did everything we could scratching our heads and, and we came back and we reorganized our, our, our home business a little bit, our our clinic here in in Memphis. Um, we added some new services and some surgical services so we could create some new revenue and all that bottom lined out into an opportunity for us to, uh, in January of 2006 to open a permanent eye clinic that, oh, that sees patients every day, gives out medicines every day, gives out glasses every day, triages patients for whoever the next surgeon is. Kathy's goes there most often, but other surgeons also go there.
1: And I know you wouldn't be doing this and saying you're doing this for your own personal benefit. Obviously, if you're taking your retirement funds and you're investing them there in the uh, in Sierra Leone in, in Sarabu, in this opportunity, this is a way that you were able to mission. You're able to, to be sent, right, to spread the gospel, and you're doing it in a way that, uh, that you have a charism, you have a gift through your, your medical skills to be able to bring sight uh, and healing to those who are in this little small uh, village who have no other recourse to but this kind of health care. Deacon
3: Jeff, you have to realize that we gain more from this than we give. It is so incredibly beneficial to us. It is like going on a retreat. It's so spiritual. We, we work from 7 in the morning till midnight, oftentimes doing surgery. Tom's running around trying to keep the generator fueled. But, but the people have an incredible faith in God. And as a matter of fact, our, our, our consent form. It's just a one liner that you know, I consent to having my eye surgery, whatever it is, um, through the through the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boom, that's it. I mean, the surgeon is not part of it. it and, and even in trying to counsel the patients, the nurse who counsels them explains, if you have a good result, that is God's will. If you have a bad result, that is God's will. It has nothing to do with Dr. Kathy Chanzer. So
1: you know there's a sort of simplicity there. I think that uh, that we might have lost here. Uh, in That's- our culture, in the Western culture, where the Bible talks about the faith of children. Jesus says, let the children come to me. Because there is that sort of innocence and that sort of uh, acceptance of the truth. Right in here, we always want to question everything. And there, it's like there's so much trust in
3: God. It's it's beautiful. And, and uh, Sierra Leone is primarily a Muslim country. Our village is about half... Catholic and half uh, Muslim. And the Christians and the Muslims pray together, work together, help one another. There's no animosity. Now, maybe it's because they don't have the media, and we're on the media, so I can't really criticize it too much, but maybe because... There's they, some good media. There <laughs> is some excellent media, especially the Catholic Cafe. There you go. But, uh, you know, they don't have the influence of TV, radio, Internet, um, there's no electricity, so nothing comes in. Um, when we have our generator going, occasionally we show a movie, but um, but that's that's about it. And so it's it's beautiful. Before we start our clinic each morning, our staff has a devotional, and and there's some singing and prayers and and kind of a you know a handshake, sort of kiss of peace, and it really is beautiful to see.
1: Well, it's a beautiful thing that you're doing, and it's so often that we take for granted things that we have here. Right? Electricity. And clean water. And yeah, so you go to the place, there's a lot, of, there's a lot just, of trust. Just waking up
0: and being able to turn on a, the faucet to brush your teeth.
1: What kind of people do you find in that little village?
0: Well, I'll offer my perspective first. They're simple people. It's an agrarian uh, society. Agricultural is the primary mode of, of surviving. Um, but because all of the infrastructure of the country was destroyed during the war during the 90s, they literally go to the river with a bucket to, to haul their water back to their um, huts that are made out of sticks and and leaves and um, you know it, it's a it's a really poor from a material standpoint society. Now it's a happy society. They are happy. The, the, the clock the the bell tower rings every morning around six o'clock announcing the new day and and morning mass occurs at 6.30 but the whole day revolves around their relationship to God Um, and and when Kathy talks about it being a retreat that's really what she's referring to it it is the spiritual nurturing that we get from these very simple, very loving, very caring people accepting of us, appreciate what we can do for them and, and loving us as best they can I remember as a lady, she had her cataract surgery, and, you know, we talk about giving some of our savings up to create this program. I believe she gave us every ounce of financial support she had, which was two Leon's, you know, less than a penny, and put it in a donation box at our clinic and was so happy to do that, having no idea where she might ever get money in the future. Uh, I mean, that's total trust, mm-hmm. and that's that's giving and, until and, it hurts. absolute generosity. They have welcomed us into this village. We're, we're now part of the family there. We, we're involved in all kinds of things besides this eye clinic there in the village. And, and we love the people, and they love us.
3: They frequently will bring us um, fruit bananas, grapefruit, um, they'll come with a live chicken. And I'm in the operating room, and they want me to come out of the operating room where I'm sterile and hand me this live chicken, you know, by the <laughs> by, by claws there. And I'm like, Tom, please take it. I, I, you know, I'm in surgery, okay? Um, occasionally, if it's a good year, we'll get a goat. Um, and, of course, all of that if, gets, if, if
1: God has blessed you. If God has
3: blessed us. And that gets eaten, and it feeds a lot of people. So, um, I mean, they're wonderful. They're wonderful people, and, and they're, they're just so faithful to God. At one point, I, we had done a lot of surgery, and, I, and we were getting ready to leave, and I turned to Muhammad, who's like our clinic director there. He runs things there. And, and I said, "Muhammad, I feel so bad. I've done so much surgery, and I'm leaving all these people. What if they get an infection? And he said, Doc, you have done your part. You did the surgery. God will care for these people. I thought, oh God, my faith, where is it?
1: There are so many lessons to be learned in here, and and that's I can understand why you're saying that. Just participating in this little ministry on your part, you're getting your who you're ministering to is really ministering to you as well.
3: There is there's no way to measure it, and until you go on a mission trip and see the incredible need, and the incredible faith, and the incredible willingness to give what little they have to their their fellow man if a you know if a a muslim family gets a hold of a chicken they'll cut it up and give the other half to the catholic family sitting next to i mean there's just whatever they have they share and whatever they can do to help one another they do the the war that took place there had nothing to do with the people that was rebels from another country Hmm. and these poor innocent wonderful people were just devastated by it
1: well, that's wonderful. We're going to hear more about some of this mission work that's going on in the little village of Sarabu in Sierra Leone in just a second. First, I want to remind everyone at home about our wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. I'm not going to tell you what's there. You need to go and visit it yourself and find out. But I also want to hear from you. Why don't you email me at deaconjeff at com. So your mission should be to listen to the second half of this program right after this.
2: I'm and this is another great moment in church history. Little is known about the details of the life of St. Lucy. She lived in Syracuse in Italy in the early 4th century. One tradition tells us that her mother raised her to be a pious and holy young girl. She prayed fervently and often. St. Lucy decided at a young age to consecrate herself to God, but she did so secretly because she thought her mother would not approve. In fact, she had already made arrangements to have St. Lucy married to a wealthy and influential pagan in town. However, her mother, who had been ill for a very long time, was miraculously cured after her daughter prayed for her at the tomb of St. Agatha. She was so thankful to God for this blessing that when she discovered that St. Lucy wanted nothing more than to live as a bride of Christ, she eagerly and thankfully gave her approval to her daughter's willingness to live out her vocation. Her rejected suitor, however, was not as thankful, to say the least. When he heard what had happened, he gave St. Lucy's name to the local governor and told him she was a Christian. This was, in effect, a death sentence, as Christians at this time were being persecuted, most being subjected to unimaginable torture and painful deaths. Tradition tells us that St. Lucy's eyes were gouged out. In fact, she is usually depicted in artwork holding a plate with her eyes upon it. But even though she was blinded in this horrible way, St. Lucy would not recant her love of Christ. Finally, after much suffering at the hands of her persecutors, she was eventually martyred. The name of Lucy literally means light, and it was evident that even though she was blinded, she could still see clearly the light of truth that shone brightly in the fledgling church of the 4th century. And her clear vision can serve as a tremendous example for us. In fact, she has been named the Patroness of the Blind. We can all, in a sense, be blinded, blinded by the allurement of sin. And it is only through the mercy of God that we are healed. It is only through the light of Christ that we can truly see again. St. Lucy is one of the many Catholic saints who can help us see that light. By following in her brave and holy ways, we too can be healed of our blindness. Her feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on December 13th. I'm Bess Trozimski, and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back at
1: the Catholic Cafe. We still have Tom Lewis and we have Dr. Kathy Shanzer here. And they're sharing with us about their wonderful mission work that they do in this beautiful little eye clinic. You know, I I think one of the things that's important to me and in in my ministry is that I get to share the gospel with people. I get to share the hope of Christ with people. Now the difference is like with me, I don't necessarily get to see the results. I may cast some seed out, right? And it's up to the Holy Spirit to water, to nurture, to take care of that seed and then for it to grow. And I don't necessarily get to see that. But I think you guys have been blessed in in what you do. and, And you get to see some of the fruits of God working through you. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, I recently did surgery on a little girl, probably three, four years of age. When she came in, her face was all squinched up because she couldn't see. And so I did her her first eye, and, and we had a lot of trouble trying to tell if she was seeing. Um, she can't read the eye chart. She didn't, you know, we had difficulty getting through with that. So we decided to ask Uh, sister Linda who's our nurse to do something and so we asked the little girl what is sister Linda doing and she was dancing and she goes she's dancing she's dancing and we were all so excited because this little girl could actually see that Linda was dancing and so we keep we keep referring to the little girl as she's dancing and when we did her second eye it was even more incredible She no longer squinched up her little face and she just had this this just excitement about her that, you know, you just know God's hand is involved with this. And and I remind the people all the time, it's not my skill. God is the great healer. And and you know, I just feel so blessed to be involved with this. Um we frequently have elderly people who are led in by a stick, and you know, they're holding one end of the stick. And a young person is holding the other end of the stick, leading them where they need to go. Almost like a
1: leash or a... Exactly.
3: And, And so they'll lead these people in, and they can't see even to get into the operating room, and then they can walk out. And that's a real wow. They're like... I see, I see, and they can walk out. Or they'll, they'll start screaming, I can see my village, I can see my village. And they haven't seen their village for years and years huh. and years because these are elderly people that have just slowly over time uh, become blind. We had another guy who was adamant he had to get into the, after his surgery. He just had to get back into the operating theater. I have to see this woman, this woman who gave me sight. I have to see this woman. And he was (laughs) dancing around and he was speaking so fast. I thought maybe he was upset. And then finally, when we got him to calm down, we realized that, you know, that he was actually excited um, about his vision
1: you don't often get a lot of the credit for what you do there. Tell us about that. It's, it's a different culture.
3: Well, it is a different culture. It's obviously a male-dominated culture. The, You know, I watch these women walk with, um, they have one baby strapped to their back. They have heavy, heavy things on their head, and they're either holding another kid or two kids on either side or maybe carrying something else. So, all appendages are are burdened.
1: Occupied.
3: Exactly. So, and you see them working in the field and you see them cooking and the cooking is all done outside on fires and, and they're working so hard. But the men are the one who are in charge. So these people watch me examine patients. They watch me do the surgery. They watch me work from early in the morning till late at night. They watch me constantly, but they turn to Tom and they go, oh, thank you, Mr. Tom. You bring very fine women. They,
1: they, <laughs> they, you know, I'm so glad that you, you're good-hearted about that, well, that. You know they don't... I understand, but you know, you, one thing at a time, right? We'll fix the eyes now. We'll, we'll fix their attitude about women later, right? Yeah. Well, I, and I can't argue with them. She is
0: a fine woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, don't get anybody mad at me and start writing this show uh, that we're male chauvinists because we're not. It's a beautiful thing that you do. Well, there are opportunities while you're doing a lot of work, you're, you're sort of the hands of Christ, you're hands-on in your in your medical professional skills, right? Mm-hmm. But there are also some opportunities there to share the gospel. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that.
3: This is really exciting. Um, one of One of my buddies in the Order of Malta, his daughter works for a group called Faith Comes by Hearing. They make these little boxes that are, I don't know, six inches or so, maybe a little more, um, that um, have the New Testament. They're called proclaimers. And they are. Uh, they can be solar-powered so that you can just sit them out in the sun, which works in a lot of the villages that don't have electricity. Uh, you can crank them or you can plug them in, use batteries, that sort of thing. Um, but they are in Mende, which is the native tongue. And I, I was amazed when I went to the website to find Mende. I thought, well, it surely couldn't be this. Cause
1: I'd never even heard of Mende. And so now here you are in this obscure... Seemingly obscure part of the world, and they have a proclaimer in Mende.
3: Exactly. It was incredible. And not only is it in Mende, but it's, it's very clearly spoken. If it's a woman speaking in the scripture, you hear a woman's voice. If it's two men, you hear two different men's so voices. it's very dramatic. It's, it's very dramatic. It's very beautiful. And we also play it in the in the clinic while, we're, while they're waiting to have their surgery. So whether they want it or not, they're going to hear some scripture. But mm-hmm. um, well, that's
1: a good thing, though. I mean, This, is what, this is what evangelizing is all about. I mean, these... This is as if Jesus had wandered into the village exactly now he wouldn't choose not to speak to anyone in the village. he would want everyone to hear what he had to say, and the same thing with your proclaimer right exactly. you 're just giving them the opportunity to hear the words of god
3: it, and it, it really is wonderful.
0: I took my MP three player with me on this last trip, and i 've got all types of different music on it and some some lectures by some of the uh, some of our Catholic teachers and uh, a good Muslim friend of mine there who's one of the leaders in the in, in the mosque asked me if he could listen to the mp3 player the next morning he said i was up all night i listened to this this man named matthew kelly oh, talking wow. about being the best version of myself and i'm telling you i i need to reproduce this for my people the, the, this was incredible this is so wonderful he is so right on target and, and i was thinking well, okay so here's some catholic teachings that this muslim man wants to introduce to his mosque what a wonderful thing. And his measuring stick is, does it bear witness to God? I thought he was going to talk about some great rock and roll music I had recorded. Well, forget that. <laughs> he said, I, I listened to it at least three times, and I was so excited. And there I was with my headphones, which, by the way, I've never experienced before. It was wonderful. And all my family was all around me sleeping, and I thought... Wow, I'm in this totally different world with Matthew Kelly. How wonderful. <laughs> that is so awesome. How, how often
1: do you all get to go to Sierra Leone now?
3: We, we go every January and every June.
1: Wonderful. So you set it up twice a year, and obviously you're going to continue doing that as long as you can.
3: Exactly. And our family slash employees, whatever you want to call them, in in Saravu, um have are so excited about the mission. They've learned so much that they go to other villages and go ahead and do their exam, and then they give them. They are starting to give them appointments. Okay, you come back June 1st. You come June 2nd, and they already have a surgery schedule for me because they've already examined them. They've. So you guys everything. are a lot more efficient. We're effective much now. more efficient. Now. And the more I teach them, it, it's not like this is an 8-to-5 job for them. This is their mission. They've taken they've taken this to heart so much, and they want so much to do good for their people. They're so excited about it. And, and so they, they're the ones who set up the outreach program. We didn't ask for that. They're the ones who set up daily devotionals. We didn't ask them to do that.
0: But that's a beautiful thing.
1: You're, you're watching the fruitfulness of this
0: ministry, of this mission. We started out as more sort of like a kind of a typical mission setting where wherever we were going, you know, if we did between 50 to 75 surgeries in a two-week period, we were really we were really hustling doing a lot of surgery. Well, th- th- they have gotten this routine down so much that Kathy averages over 20 surgeries a surgical day now. Our last trip had 10 surgery days in it, and we did a couple hundred surgeries. And so... And, and, of course, the people just keep coming and coming and coming. The need is so great. Um, you, you know, I, I, I'm often asked, well, you know, why do you have to go all the way over there to help people? You can, there's people right here in Memphis you can help, and that's really true. But over there, it simply doesn't exist unless we go there. The, the question in Memphis is not whether or not somebody has access to health care. It might be a question of can they afford it or can they pay for it or do they have to go to the med.
1: Or how long do they have to wait or
0: whatever. But the question over there is, does it exist? And if we don't go, it doesn't exist.
1: Hmm. Someone listening to this program, how do they find out more information about, about your particular uh, mission, your ministry, and what you do?
0: For sure, our website's the easiest, and that's org, And um, uh, Kathy's name and phone number or my name and phone number we're there and we'll be happy to talk to anybody about it it's, um, it's, it's a true gift from God and uh, uh, we've had the privilege of having uh, a couple of people go with us on some of our trips and it's just life changing for everybody that gets involved
1: Kathy any final words in terms of like what, what, the, what this whole thing means to you
3: it is my calling there is no doubt that I, I know God wants me to do this and I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and it's, it's life-changing for us. It's been life-changing for the people that have gone with us. So the, if you have an interest in anything, if you can do anything, if you breathe, you're welcome. We can put you to work.
1: <laughs> well, folks, thanks so much for being here. Tom Lewis and Dr. Kathy Shanzer, we're blessed by you being here. And I know the people that you serve and minister to are blessed by your your existence. And I'm just so happy that you guys have answered God's call to be active in ministry, to do something. Not to sit and watch something on TV and think, well, I wonder what it would be like if I went there, but to actually do it. And I think that's a blessing.
3: Well, thank you. We appreciate the opportunity to speak about it. Thank
1: you very much. So, Tom, if we were to rate this program, how would we rate this program?
0: Fantastic show. We broke the record. Probably, I'd, I'd say on a scale of 0 to 17, I'd give it a 17.
1: A 17? 17. And that's a that's a high it's a record. <laughs> it's a new record. It's a new record. Wonderful. And, and and I don't know what that would be in Sierra Leone numbers. It would be an 18 in Sierra 18. <laughs> Very, good. <laughs> Very good. That's wonderful. Well, this is so, uh, so great, and thank you again for joining us. Uh, and we would like to close in prayer. Let's do that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father. You ask each of us to spread the joy of the gospel message, not only in word, but in deed. Help us to be your hands, your feet, your lips, your shoulders, and your heart on this earth as we help those who are in need, physically, spiritually, and financially. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff